Hi everyone, welcome back to the second segment of episode 118 of Sold with Updike Pew. And today we are going to talk about a 2021 market outlook. Yep, we got a lot going on and it's really good. It really is. You know, one of the one of the great things about working for a company like this is you have these really great thought leaders at the top of the pyramid. And we have a really wonderful CEO named Chris Kelly. It's been on the show a couple of times. And Chris really knows how to boil things down and make them so easy for people to understand. And so he put together a presentation that is on the Ebby Halliday, Dave Perry Miller Facebook page uh, that just kind of goes into more detail about what we're going to share with you. If you want to see it, that link is going to be in the comments below. Uh, certainly go take a look at it. Uh, but we thought we'd hit the high points today. Yep. And one of the things that Chris started off was, is he started talking about lead indicator or lead measures that they take a look at. And one of the big ones that they looked at and saw that were really trending in the right direction were the number of showings that had happened. So they went back and looked when the first, I guess, when they began the lockdown and how mm -hmm. everything really just began to ratchet down. And they're comparing it to 2019, which happened before, and how everything is now just really outpacing even 2020 and 2019 on mm -hmm. showings. Yeah, it was, I mean, we, we had seen, uh, based on the, the data that Chris was pulling together, we had, had seen that that recovery in the number of showings had actually re had an 85% recovery in about six weeks after the first uh, stay-at-home order was in place. And that's really amazing, given the fact that as we're going to go on, that there was fewer houses to even look at. Mm -hmm. So really a healthy number of showings happening all across the board. Yep. And I would say that they're happening at all price points. So it's not just happening at the entry level, you know, 250. Mm -hmm. And it's not just at the, the luxury level of one plus million. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the whole board. And there was a really interesting um, uh, aspect that he put on this. And he used a word called exurb, yeah. which I'd never heard before. And it makes a lot of sense. And I, we were joking about, we wonder if he made it up or if it really yeah, is Chris, a real if you're word. Watching, that's what he said. He goes, did he make that up? And I was like, it's got a definition. I don't know. But, it, it was, but you know, it's really talking about the areas of growth that are even beyond the suburban markets. Right. And, you know, he uh, put together the, the, you know, our core county data talking about Denton County, Dallas County, Tarrant County, um, and Collin County. And then he, you know, we kind of talked, he talked about that for a moment. And then he started talking about that outer band of adjoining counties where all these exurbs are, are happening, which is, you know, like the Aubrey market and it's happening in Fairview and it's happening. Why? You know, yes, it's and then Weatherford. Parker areas. County. Yeah. I was like, mom, guess what? Yeah. You're in a hot market. Who knew? <laughs> so anyway, it, 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 we're seeing that growth happen, uh, farther out and, a lot of it, you know, one of the other really interesting points he brings up is talking about the number of people that are working from home yep. and how, you know, it used to be down in the single digits, low single digits until the pandemic. And then it shot up, you know, to what, 80, I think the high was 85%, something, a really high number. And he pointed out that he didn't think it was ever going to be back down below the single, the double digits again. Absolutely. And it was so funny. I can't remember what the phrase was. He said something like, not ever, never. Like, it will always be this aspect of the marketplace. Will not be, now, not ever. Not now, not <laughs> ever. Is it going to go back to the way that it was? And I thought, that's really interesting. And we see that, you know, one of our clients that we have under contract right now actually is from California. And I've said it before, he looked around all across the United States because he could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. He bought a place in Michigan on a lake and he's buying one here in Dallas as well. So it just kind of 
there is a different way that people are looking at what defines them as a home now. Yeah, and the um, uh, there is not this big uh, outward migration that you know we all kind of thought might be coming along with wanting to get out of the condos and the townhomes. I think there we definitely had a lot of people mm -hmm. that talked about that, and we still have a lot of people that are like you know having the actions, putting the actions behind those words. But it's not the big you know like everybody's not fleeing the city. It's not an exodus. Mm -mm. And I think that people will always want to have that lifestyle that some of the urban markets have, that ability to be downstairs and go for dinner, mm -hmm. to go for a walk. Those are just things that are more difficult when you're trying to live a car-free life mm -hmm. when you're in the suburban market. Yeah, definitely. So there were a couple of factors that were driving that extra migration. Um, one was the affordability. You know, our average sales price in Dallas County now is $333,000. And that's up significantly from what it was, you know, three or four or five years ago. But from an affordability perspective, uh, the exurbs still offer, you know, an average sales price of well under $300,000. Absolutely. And the other thing too that we're seeing is new construction. Mm -hmm. New construction is everywhere. Especially if you look inside of Dallas, if it's not infill product, there's a lot of new townhomes, new condos. And then when it does get into a little bit more of a neighborhood neighborhood, it's new construction. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always people that joke and say nothing stays very long in Dallas. It gets bulldozed. True. And a, lo a lot of uh, a lot of large scale national builders have bought huge tracts of land that are like between here and the Oklahoma border. And then there's also David Weekly is doing an infill product over there by the trail that you mm -hmm. ride on. Yep. And it's just amazing that they're like, boom, grabbing this and they're infilling it. You put a sign up and sometimes these things are sold out before they're completed. Absolutely. It just is amazing. So there's a lot of, uh, uh, one of the other things that we wanted to point out was that uh, the, uh, the, the rise of the remote work, as we discussed a moment ago, right. uh, there, it, w one of the changes that we're seeing occur now is where it used to be that business businesses moved and then people moved to the businesses mm -hmm. and now uh, because people have been able to work remotely they're they're taking that opportunity and they're moving places here like our customer is and um, now the businesses are following because they know that workforce is already here and so we've already begun to see a lot of relocation of corporate more re corporate relocations here actually he said it was eighty six thousand moved here from california in 2020 and that was during a pandemic. Mm. And I think that the little asterisk of during a pandemic, I think that speaks volumes to what's happening here with the Dallas, with the uh, Texas economy. So moving on to just some of the, the economy and the, the market numbers, I'm gonna kind of bounce through some numbers real quick here just because I don't wanna get bogged down in them. But you know, the forecast for, 20, for, forecast for 2020 in GDP growth is a negative 2.7. That was expected. But as we get into uh, 2022 and, and 2021 to 2022, they're expecting GDP growth to be over 3%. So, um, you know, the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters with a negative GDP Correct. growth. And so we'll, I think we will be officially out of that recession. You know, you never know you're in it or out of it until after it's over. Until so it's a, a quarter after it's done that you find out. So I think we'll find after the end of first quarter, we're either out of it now or by the end of second quarter, certainly. And speaking of 3%, they're also projecting that 30-year fixed mortgage rates will also stay in around 3%. The ability for them to stay under two per, under 3% is probably going to go by the wayside at the end of this year. Um, but they are saying that for 2022 and 2023, or let's see, 2021 and 2022, that they will stay 
around that 3%, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And I hate to say historic, because it's not really historic after it's been there for eight years. Right. <laughs> um, home price uh, change year over year. Last year, we experienced about a 15% price growth in our marketplace. They anticipate that growth to slow over the next couple of years, so we'll probably see somewhere between a 7 and 8% price appreciation uh, each year of the next two years. So are you ready to switch to the ones about buyers and sellers now? Yeah, let's jump on. So buyers and sellers, I think this is really critical because you hear all this and so we don't want to like fan the flames and make people think it's impossible to get a house because it's not. Mm-mm. We do it every day. Um, but there are some things that like talk about, let's say sellers at the beginning. I think that one of the things that is critical and we see it all the time is that there is not a lot of greed left in the market. Mm-hmm. Appreciation based on calculations and numbers is acceptable. But to throw a willy-nilly number out there, it doesn't work that well. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we have smart buyers in the marketplace and agents are really focusing now. And so something may be amazing, but if it's really overpriced, it just mm-hmm. is, it, it sits, yes, it languishes. So it and we can see this because we can see price reductions. And yep. so you know that that's when something's not um, quite priced right. That being said, when someone does hit the right, that sweet spot in both a buyer and a buyer's agency the value in it. That's when they get those multiple offers. Mm-hmm. And we, he pointed out that to be mindful of the market and to price accordingly, and I, that rings true to us all the time. It really does. And um, you know, one of the, the points that was made was to not fall in as a seller, don't fall into the trap of thinking you don't have to prepare your house for the market. True. Because you know we see it all the time where people are willing to continue to pay record prices for houses that are completely done and, and complete and well done. Yes. But we see also see houses where buyers walk in and, you know, maybe the kitchen wasn't renovated, you know, in the last 20 years or so. And they kind of focus on that one thing. The rest of the house may just be drop dead gorgeous, right. but they focus on that one thing and they don't, nobody's got the time to go through that right now. It is an interesting thing. So yes, houses must be on the market. They must be really ready to show. The other thing too is don't wait for that unicorn. Right. Yeah. Um, staging, pricing strategy, photography, virtual tours, all of that is still critically important. Um, you know, we have a, a vacant town home that we just met a stager at yesterday mm-hmm. that we, uh, we, you know, we think this thing's going to fly, just fly off the market, but we want to have it ready. We, you know, we want it shot. We want it to look right. We. It's just like dating. You only have one chance to make a first impression. Just that's kind of the motto. So going over to the buyers. Yeah, jump to the buyers. It's so important right now to get all of your ducks in a row. And by ducks in a row, it is being in front of a lender that is within the market, that is knowledgeable, that has the reputation and a company that backs it. It's so important. The credibility of a buyer's lender in, in being selected as the one to negotiate with is absolutely critical today and i then people are like really and i'm like it really is mm-hmm. because if the agent has had a bad transaction with a lender that carries forward if they've had a great one it also does mm-hmm. and so it's not so much that the seller is going to know your lender it's the seller's agent is going to know your lender. yes and so we're really talking to that and it is that full package if there's two perfect offers placed down and they don't know this lender but they know yours guess who's getting chosen yep. And then also be prepared to go ahead and um, reach out to us if you are going to start looking for a home. Even if you're a couple of years away, don't don't worry about reaching out. I mean, feel free to reach out to us because we talk to some people that we may not work with for 
a year, a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, we may start, right. but it might be a year, a year and a half before they actually buy a house. And we're completely fine with that. But there are a couple of different uh, online tools that you'll want to get set up with. We have some tools that we'll want to set you up with. And it's really the combination of all those that gets the information to you the fastest and sometimes gets it to you before others in the marketplace. And I think that's really critical because so many of these websites out there that um, consumers have become kind of used to using as a default, they actually make money by selling leads to other agents. And in order to sell leads, they need inventory. So if the market keeps flipping over really fast, there's not as much inventory. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They throttle back on changing the actual um, uh, status of a piece of property. So by the time you send it to me and you're like, this is the one I want to see, I'm like, that's been under contract. Been in contract for a week. So we like to set you up with a portal that'll actually, or um, an app mm -hmm. that actually gives you real-time information. Yep. You can do that really quickly. Um, the other thing too, I think this is a really kind of like piece of information to make you feel better, but your first property may not be the property that you get mm -hmm. and just be ready to make multiple offers on properties. Right. So, and, and you know, to us, it's, it, it is part of the process right now. It's it is, fine. you know, we, we may make half a dozen offers on something before we actually, before you actually get something under contract that you're going to close on because properties properties have different values to different people you know if it if it's just a perfect house for someone and it meets all of their check boxes and it's in the absolute best location they're going to pay top dollar for that where somebody else looking at that same property it might not quite be in the location they want and therefore it's not quite as valuable to them right. so but you know that that's that's the way you that's why you learn what the what the market will do and what it'll bring Yep. And so do we want to hit the tailwinds and the headwinds mm -hmm. heading up on the market? Yep. Um, tailwinds, strong economic recovery, uh, especially in North Texas, where we have continued job growth. Um, the, uh, the recovery from the unemployment that we've had uh, over the, the last nine months, we are only uh, within about 10 million jobs of being back to the employment levels that we are, that we were pre-pandemic. So um, we're, you know, 10 million is a lot of jobs, but it's, you know, it, this is not 2000, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, buyer demand remains high, uh, historically low interest rates. Uh, you know, I think we've been saying that for, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people have greater flexibility in where to choose to buy because of all the, the remote remote employment that's gonna continue on into the future. Yep, and so some of the bigger headwinds that we're gonna see is we're gonna see constrained inventory, and that's both in uh, pre-owned and new construction. Mm -hmm. They just kinda, those are cycles in and of themselves, where one begins to deplete it, it takes the other one, and so it just kinda is this um, never-ending cycle. Um, affordability issue, even though we are one of the better prices in the United States, it still sometimes is a little bit of a sticker shock to locals when they say, how much is that house now worth in that mm -hmm. neighborhood? It, things have changed. Yeah. So these are just items that we want to present it to you. There's a whole list. I think of what was, he spoke for, what was it, 40 minutes? Yeah, 40 minutes. Great information. That link is also going to be in the comments below. And I would encourage you to watch it just because I think that that Chris Kelly has been on the show, I think, twice. And Chris mm -hmm. Kelly is such an integral part of where Evie, Dapier Miller, and Williams True are. Mm -hmm. And I, it's so exciting to hear him talk because he does have a vision and you can hear him and you know that he's taking the company in the right direction. And it's just great to be around. And it's very, you know, one of the, the we've always been a very customer and very mm -hmm. um, uh, community oriented company. 
I mean, you know, Ebby Halliday did that right. for 75 years, but I do feel like he really understands that and is, is you know, there to kind of Embracing push us it. into the, the next 75 years of this. So really looking forward to, uh, look forward to y'all watching it and seeing what you think. So, so let us know. And uh, I guess that's the wrap for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for spending your lunch with us. And remember, we want to be your realtors for life.